0: The Biden administration has proposed no less than 72 initiatives in a single executive order, the one on competition. Now, that order earlier this month is ostensibly to benefit consumers. But if you read down far enough into the order, about two thirds of the way down, there's lots there about federal contractors. And for some analysis, we turn to the president and CEO of the Professional Services Council, David Berteau. David, I think you came up with the count of 72 things to do under this order. Where do contractors come in here?
1: Well, contractors, of course, uh, can be affected by a number of the elements of this, uh, no-compete clauses, uh, uh, teaming agreement, competition arrangements, and, and perhaps the biggest is the overall fundamental approach that you know, more smaller businesses is better than uh, uh, consolidated businesses to move forward. The problem is that we can't really respond to the elements of the executive order until we see the draft regulations that will be promulgated as a result of this. And the timetable um, is both multivariant and, and many, many different agencies involved in this. In fact, I asked one of the agencies how they were prioritizing the input because you know this is Executive Order 14.036 and PSC has been tracking them and trying to keep, uh, keep a, balance, a score sheet of who has to do what at the agency level. And, and frankly, uh, I asked them how they're prioritizing and said, well, we're working on that. Uh, and and so it is a question of we can't respond until we see what the proposed rules are. The executive order itself doesn't give enough precision on that.
0: You looked somewhere down here in subparagraph B of something, Section 8, Paragraph Q. I mean, it's unbelievable the nested outline form in here. But it says, acting through the director of the National Institute of Standards and Technology, consider, this is the Secretary of Commerce, initiating a rulemaking to require agencies to report to NIST annually their contractors' utilization activities, blah, 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 on something to do with drugs and interchangeable biomedical products. That's just one area of contracting. But that gives them a year to come up with that rulemaking. So like you say, this is a very drawn out process.
1: It does. And part of the challenge is that there's a burden in reporting for every rulemaking process. And while OMB technically calculates the impact of that burden on the community, my experience is they often undersell the real burden. They assume you can get the paperwork done in 38 minutes, whereas in reality, uh, it, it takes a lot more than that particularly if it's not any data that you need to run your business. It's just data that you collect for the government alone. Unfortunately, you know, we have no input into that until it's done. There's another piece here. There are a number of agencies that are uh, where it's recommended that they undertake activities here, the FCC, the Federal Trade Commission and so on. And from PSC's point of view, we know that those are technically independent agencies and the president can't direct them what to do. But it does appear that the agencies will be promulgating it. This complicates our ability to reflect uh, what our members want to have as part of that input as well.
0: And they're also looking at the defense industrial base because the Secretary of Defense has the job of reporting the to the White House Competition Council, a new council created under this order, on the level of competition in the defense industrial base. And so that's a... a imagine the reporting that will engender and you look tom at 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 some of the things
1: where we've got challenges you know the made in america executive order from back in january is being implemented now and you've got a, a person in charge of that uh, in the white house staff um we've got the challenges of responding to china on everything from 5g to artificial intelligence and the white house will even say publicly You know, we need companies that have the ability to go head to head and compete against essentially government backed companies on the Chinese side. Well, you don't get there by breaking people up. You don't get there by by uh, minimizing the, the competence and capability within your your companies. And so there's some competing objectives here. PSC, on behalf of our members is going to try to help sort this out.
0: Well, that's what happens when you have academics and thinkers write all of the stuff and nobody's ever operated a business before. And maybe that's part of the problem.
1: It it, it really is important to, to focus on implementation, not just on idea.
0: We're speaking with David Berteau, president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. And closer to ground level, speaking of contractor competition, there is the seeming dissolution of the CIO SP4 from NIH. That big GWAC just seems to get further and further from whatever momentum it had in being awarded.
1: Right. Well, PSC last week sent our our latest letter to the the acquisition leadership, both at NIH and at, at HHS. And- shortly after we sent that letter, Amendment 8 was issued. Now, this is an RFP, the so-called final RFP, has been out eight weeks, and it's already had eight amendments. And the amendments completely changed both the requirements and the direction that potential bidders have to go in without giving them enough time to do it. We've called for uh, NITAC, the uh, the, uh, sub-agency within NIH that runs this process, to essentially suspend the process issue a consolidated RFP that's internally consistent that responds to the issues that bidders have raised and give people 30 days to put their bids together, not another eight days as, as Amendment 8 did, unless you count weekends, of course, which the government thinks you should be working all the time if you're bidding.
0: Yeah. So this could really stretch deep into the fall if they take this to heart and maybe start it, it over. It
1: could. And, and you know, we've heard from many of our members at, at PSC um, that this raises questions in their mind as to whether, A, they can submit a compliant bid and B, whether it's worth it, um, because it, it, you can you can actually reduce competition quite effectively if you make it too hard to bid. And that, I hope, is not what the government's intention is. It's certainly not what's in the government's interest.
0: No, because CIOSP 3 has been a successful GWAC with lots of contractors and billions in dollars in orders So they do know how to run these things
1: it has been and of course you know the the one of the major focus points of of the new one uh is healthcare technology and and information systems which uh, if if the last year and a half has shown us anything if we've got a crying need to take maximum advantage of what technical capability exists in the private sector and bring it bring it to uh, to bear for the government And that's what PSC is going to be pushing for here.
0: And briefly, we are starting to get some clues from the armed services committees that they are plussing up, surprisingly, I guess, at least on the Senate side, the Biden administration's requests for DOD accounts in the coming year in 2022.
1: Well, if you go back to May, you'll see the in the president's budget request, I think it was May 27th, uh, had a very minimal increase for defense, not quite enough to cover inflation. Uh, certainly not the inflation we're seeing uh, in recent weeks here, um, but a 16% increase for civilian agencies. What the House has done at the appropriation subcommittee level is mark up roughly consistent with the distribution of that president's budget request. What the Senate Armed Services Committee did uh, last week in their markup is they said, "Nope, we're not going to do that on the on the defense side. We're going to add another $25 billion. Now, that's about 25 or or uh, 3%. Uh, over and above what the administration requested. Um, What we don't have, though, is an overall agreement, either within the Senate or between the Senate and the House, over what the spending levels will be, both for defense and non-defense agencies. It's almost the 1st of August. We need to get that agreement, because otherwise you can't get bills out the door. And October 1st, the start of the fiscal year, is only two months away. And of course, the reset of the debt ceiling is only a week away. It's uh, actually August 1st. And this is uh, typically the budget deal and the debt ceiling deal are part of the same package. The conversation we're hearing is that the debt ceiling deal will just be part of the continuing resolution. So once again, we'll start the fiscal year with uncertainty, with no new starts, with a series of continuing resolutions. It's really time for Congress to get their act together and legislate his. The SASCs, the Senate Armed Services Committee's first salvo, though, says we're looking at increasing defense. And so we're paying close attention to that.
0: Advice. Well, Mama said there'd be days like this. She just didn't say every day would be like this. <laughs> 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 David Berteau yeah. is president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks, Tom. You're welcome.
0: We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Podcast One or
2: wherever you get your shows.